All right. Merry Christmas. So, for centuries, the church has had this tradition on Easter Sunday where the leader in the congregation says, He is risen. And then everyone says, He is risen indeed. And I want to suggest a similar tradition for Christmas Eve. Who knows? Maybe some places and some parts of the church they do this already, but I've never been in a church before that did it. So, Uh, I want to suggest that we do a similar call and response with a verse that we looked at uh, last week and uh, one of the verses that Paul read, which is John 1, 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So I think on Christmas Eve, the congregational leader should say, the light shines in the darkness, and then the congregation should say, and the darkness has not overcome it. So let's try that. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness That's pretty good. Let's try it one more time, a little bit, little bit louder. I really want to hear that the darkness has not overcome it. The light shines in the darkness. The darkness has not overcome it. Amen. Yes. No, it has not. Tonight we celebrate that Jesus, the light of the world, was born. That through him, God shone his light into the darkness of the world. And although the darkness tried to overcome him, tried to kill him and crucify him, it could not overcome him. Throughout the month of December here at St. Paul's, we've been doing a series called Seasonal Signs, where we're considering things that we tend to experience this time of year and then asking how those things can point beyond themselves to deeper truths, to to gospel truths. So the first week, we talked about the experience of waiting, which is a common experience, especially for kids throughout the month of December, right? And then uh, we talked about Christmas trees the week after that, then lights last week, and then our last seasonal sign for tonight is gifts. Gifts are, of course a key part of Christmas celebrations. They're the reason why so many kids spend all of December in an agonizing state of waiting, the anticipation of what might be under the tree. I was definitely the kind of kid that looked forward to Christmas morning with pained anticipation. Every Christmas Eve was this agonizing eternity uh, of time. And uh, I was fortunate to often have my hopes realized on Christmas morning. In fact, two mornings stand out to me. One was the year of the Sega Genesis. And the the most memorable one of all was the Christmas of 1996, which was the Christmas of the Nintendo 64. (laughs) So you're noticing a theme here probably, right? But um, that was the hot item that year, the... uh, Supply was way under the demand, but somehow my mom found it. She was in the right place at the right time. And so, you know, my brother and I nearly shattered the windows with our jubilation when we opened that that final package. Now, I know some of us might be a little bit uncomfortable with how much Christmas has been associated with gifts and the material things that are inside those presents. But regardless of how we feel about that, 
we should recognize that a gift is a perfect symbol of what Christmas is all about. Because Christmas is about a gift that was given from God to us. Not a gift of a Nintendo 64, but something much better than that. And the reason a gift is such a great symbol is because a gift, by definition, is something that is not earned by the recipient. It's freely given. On the first Christmas, God gave humanity the gift of Jesus Christ, not because we deserved that, but out of his love and generosity, he freely gave Jesus to us. When I was a kid, I had a hard time appreciating the gift of Jesus Christ. It's a lot easier to appreciate those material gifts under the tree. But I find that as I get older, I am enabled more and more to appreciate the gift of Jesus. Because as I get older, I realize that the things that I long for the most cannot be wrapped and put under a tree. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still like getting Christmas gifts. I still like giving Christmas gifts. But the things that I want the most, the things that we all want the most, can't be under those, that tree and in those boxes. You know, as I get older, I realize what I really want are things like a sense that I'm not alone, time, health, Forgiveness, respect, love. Whether we realize it or not, Jesus is the gift that can actually satisfy these deep longings, these existential longings, the longings that we have even if every gift we ask for on our Christmas list ends up under the tree. Because, so why, why is Jesus that kind of gift? Well, because the birth of Jesus, of course, is not the birth of just any human baby. The birth of Jesus is the birth of God in the flesh. Sometimes he's called Emmanuel, because Emmanuel means God with us. Jesus is literally God with us. The deep longing that we have for an antidote to our loneliness, for peace, for love, can only be satisfied by God with us, Emmanuel. It can only be satisfied by the knowledge that there is a God who knows us better than we know ourselves and who wants to be a loving parent to us. When we see Jesus for who he really is, we realize that God is with us. We realize that we are not alone We realize that eternal life is possible, that death does not have the last word, that there's someone who is more powerful than the forces of sin and death. And we realize that we are valued and loved by God. Now, why is that? Well, it's because through Jesus, we see the lengths that God is willing to go to, one, identify with us, Two, to reveal himself to us. And three, to rescue us. To identify with us, 
to reveal himself to us, and to rescue us. So let's, let's consider each of those real quick. So first, the lengths willing to, for him willing to go to identify with us. Through Jesus, God becomes human. That is a, a wonder that we cannot fully wrap our minds around, but that is what we claim, what we profess as Christians, that God took on flesh, that God became human. He was born as a baby, dependent on human parents. Not only that, he was born into very humble circumstances, just as the majority of humanity has been throughout history. He was born to a poor couple on a night when there was no room for them to lodge. And so the only crib he had was a feeding trough for animals, a manger. And then he submitted himself to the human process of growing up and learning. Scripture tells us that Jesus learned. That's a mind-blowing idea. God in the flesh learned. So through Jesus, we see God identifying with us. Second, we see the lengths that which God is willing to go to reveal himself to us. Jesus reveals what God is like in a way that we can actually hear and understand. Through Jesus, God skips the middlemen of prophets and scribes and angels and speaks directly to us. He reveals what God is like through his words and actions. Jesus said, whoever has seen me has seen the Father. Every other revelation of God, it's, it's hazy. It's like looking through a, a dirty window. But through Jesus, God makes himself known in a way that we can see clearly. In a way that could only be revealed through him cloaking himself in humanity. And then third, Jesus shows us the lengths that God is willing to go to rescue us. Because through Jesus, God subjects himself to suffering and crucifixion and death. Not just the ordinary humiliations of childhood and adolescence, but those especially horrible experiences of an unjust death. He subjects himself to the curse of sin and death so that he can overcome it on our behalf. We can't overcome the curse of sin and death, but Jesus could for us. Now, let me say, again, because this bears repeating, this gift of Jesus is truly a gift. It is not something that we have earned it's given not because of our goodness, but because of the goodness of God. We just have to receive what God is offering to us. Now, that might sound too good to be true. It sounds easy. But the reality is that receiving of what God is offering us, it does require something. Something that isn't easy for a lot of us, which is humility. You know, our pride likes to feel like we've earned everything that we have. Now, children usually have not developed this kind of pride yet. And I think that's part of the reason that Jesus said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. If you offer a child a gift, does the child ever say, Oh, 
I'm sorry, I couldn't. I I just can't accept that. Well, no, right? Children, they usually just grab that gift and they tear into it right there. Because they're not too embarrassed to receive. They're still at that point in life where they recognize that really just about everything they have is received. So they're not too proud to receive what they haven't earned. And what Jesus meant when he said, you must become like little children, is that unless we're humble enough to receive something we haven't earned, we won't experience the kingdom of heaven. We won't experience the joy and peace that he's offering because we'll be too busy trying to earn it. We have to be willing to just receive. If you're not convinced of what I'm saying, if it sounds too good to be true, it might be helpful to look at the larger context of where Jesus says this. It's Matthew 18, starting in verse 1. It says, At that time the disciples came to Jesus and they asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? The disciples want to know, Who's going to have the most glory and honor in heaven? Who's going to get the most credit in heaven? And then here's Jesus' response. He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, Unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. The quality of childlikeness that Jesus is exalting is lowly position, lowly status. Meaning, the greatest people in heaven are the ones who aren't so worried about being so great. They're the people who are willing to be seen as lowly, the people who are humble enough to recognize, like children, that they cannot earn what they need. They just have to receive it. The people who are the greatest in the kingdom of heaven are the people who realize that the kingdom of heaven is a gift to be received, not an honor to be earned. I'll say that one more time because that's really important. The people who are greatest in the kingdom of heaven are the people who realize that the kingdom of heaven is a gift to be received, not an honor to be earned. So this Christmas, be like a child when it comes to the gift that God is offering you. Don't say, oh no, I couldn't. Don't look at it with suspicion. Don't doubt the reality of the gift. Just open yourself to it and receive it with joy. Receive what is being offered to you. What is being offered is God with you. God revealed to you. God rescuing you. God forgiving you. And I want to close with just one more thing, which is don't forget to open the gift. For some of us, Jesus is like a gift under the tree that never gets open. We acknowledge the gift. We sing about the gift. We admire the package. But it remains unopened. right? Or maybe the package is opened, we look inside, but then we don't pay it any attention for the rest of the year. You know, how strange would it have been if in 1996, my brother and I opened up that Nintendo 64, we screamed in jubilation, and then we never plugged it in. That would be weird. And we can do something like that with the gift of Jesus. 
when we acknowledge the gift, but we don't actually listen to his words or trust what he reveals about God, when we don't talk to him or learn from him, when we don't try putting his words into practice, it's like the gift remains unopened. So become like a child when it comes to the gift of Jesus. Tear open the package. Explore what he has to say. Be led by him. Talk to him. Let your life be transformed by the gift. The Apostle Paul says that in this gift is knowledge of the mystery of God. And that's such a great phrase, the mystery of God. And, I love this, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge are hidden. So this year, may we tear open the package and enjoy the mystery of God and the treasures of wisdom and knowledge that are found in Christ. Amen?